can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. All right, Celtics fans, we are back with another episode of Boston Celtics Game Day Recap. I'm your host, Guy DiPosito, and we are joined by friend of the pod, Brandon Hernandez. He is the host of the Courtside Podcast. Uh, Brandon, welcome to the podcast. Great to be here, great to be here, and go Celtics. Absolutely. Celtics, unfortunately, fall 106-98 to the Miami Heat. Uh, We're going to follow today's podcast, same as usual. Still going to go through player of the game, run through some of the highs, some of the lows, and we will wrap up talking about some of the standings here. But Brandon, I'm going to kick it over to you. As far as player of the game goes, who do you got in this one? Well, for this one specifically, I'm going to have to go with Jalen Brown. We're talking about a guy that played about 38 to 37 minutes, 28 points, 10 rebounds, already having a double-double, which isn't really something new that we find out of Jalen. But still... The idea that late in the game, especially during that stretch where we went 15-point down stretch in the third quarter, going aggressive down to the basket, going up and under, and some of the guys he had to face off, of course, Max Strews, Tyler Hero, always following him down. He was really athletic. I liked his aggression going to the basket, quick first step. But I do have to say, even though I do have JB as the player of the game for the Boston Celtics, I have to give the doubt Daniel Dice. 15 points off the bench. Probably the most efficient player off the bench. Yeah. Offensively, at least. Going, yeah. what, it was like 100% from the field off 6-6. Six and six. So, Yeah, he's putting I mean, out, like, he's putting out, out Rob numbers out there. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I, you love to see it, though, especially going down the playoff stretch. I mean, to me personally, it was just kind of a game of bad officiating, bad offense. But those two players probably had the star of the night. Definitely yeah. those two. Yeah, I mean, I was I was right there with you with Jalen Brown. Daniel Tice was pretty close behind, uh, but honestly, for me, like this this game was just so frustrating because there were times where I was very much leaning towards Marcus Smart, and I don't know, he made you know six of those Defensive Player of the Year like stud defend defender plays, and then he turned the ball over. Uh, yeah. So, like, him to me, a lot of people are going to complain about the 3 of 15 from the field. I still think he played well. Like, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and bash him like a lot of people that, you know, you know who I'm talking about for that matter. But, <laughs> um, but honestly, I don't, I'm not a, a huge fan of giving player of the game to the same guy. So, since you went Jalen Brown, uh, I'm going to go Jason Tatum here. And... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a little asterisk by this because I do think Jalen played a better game. But Jason Tatum tonight was another solid performance from a playmaking standpoint. Uh, and you saw both the Jays today. Both had six assists. Uh, Jason Tatum got doubled a bunch tonight. Uh, I, still oh, yeah. think, I still think he could have done better in a lot of different circumstances. Uh, really struggled shooting from beyond the arc, 0 of 5 tonight, uh, and really missed a couple point blank layups too. But no, yeah. overall, you look at his game, especially late in the game, he had two big steals uh, that led to big buckets, led to big points. And like he, I don't know, he's just continuing to make all-star plays I would have liked to have seen more out of him in the fourth quarter though and that's the that's the part that's frustrating to me like he ends the night with 23 points 
he had 21 after the third. So the offense kind of disappeared in the fourth. So it's it's tough. Like the asterisk for him needs to be there. Unfortunately. No, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself because he did have an efficient game. We're talking about a guy averaging, you know, of course, 30 plus in the past three months and probably the best three months we've ever seen the Boston Celtics play in a long time. Yeah. But, you know, specific to this game, 52.9 from field goal range, and he was taking the down the ball a lot. However, the last three minutes of the game for the Boston Celtics, they couldn't buy a basket, let alone the offense, the last three possessions. I mean, it's just it's straight horrible. to the paint. Straight to the paint. It made no sense. You don't have no ball movement. You know, you're down by two possessions with a couple of seconds remaining. I understand the urgency of trying to get a foul, but... The referees were not on the Celtics' side that night. There was no way on earth you're going to get anything, even just driving in, and you get manhandled down there. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's it's frustrating offensively. And honestly, I mean, you know, two straight losses for the Boston Celtics now, which is actually the first time in a long time. And, I mean, our schedule, I think it favors us just a little bit compared to the other teams out there fighting the East for those couple of top spots. But I'm just hoping that we get back to at least a winning streak going to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a frustrating time. Obviously, we've got Time Lord going down. And just to provide a quick update here on that situation, Time Lord right now uh, went, went through surgery earlier today. And the timeline looks like four to six, week, four to six weeks. Ime talked prior to the game, said that really the surgery went as well as could go. Like There's optimism surrounding his return in – on the shorter end of that spectrum. So potentially second round, which is great to hear, but it's going to take effort significantly more than what we saw tonight just to make it there because what we did tonight is not going to cut it come playoff time. Uh, One guy that obviously has to step up in the absence of Time Lord uh, is Al Horford, and tonight I think he played an outstanding game. Like, six points, 15 rebounds, four assists, two steals, a block. Like, he is not a guy that's going to go out and give you 15, 20 points on most nights. But he's impacting the game in a lot of different areas. Uh, Tonight, I thought he stepped up in a major way when, obviously, you know, Time Lord averaging just under 10 rebounds a game. You need a a little bit of help on that front, and I think he provided that and some tonight. No, yeah, I, I believe so. But Al, I mean, of course, as you said before, you know, got a lot of the minutes tonight, especially with Time Lord out. But six points, 15 rebounds is good, and 11 of those rebounds were defensively. However, I mean, 0-2 from three and majority of his three-pointers tonight, those were shots that were just right there, you know. Yeah. I mean, as I said before earlier in this podcast, it's just that we just couldn't buy a basket. and was going in and out, tip of the rim. So if you ask me, this was a good game from Al Horford, but don't let the stats tell the story. If you watch the game, you definitely can tell Al does have an effect. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, realistically, I, I thought we saw pretty solid performances from you know Tatum, Brown, Horford, Smart, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Grant, not so much. Daniel Tice, I thought he played well. I thought, I thought, like you said it earlier, I thought Daniel Tice played an outstanding game. This is exactly the type of player that needs to step up in a situation where Time Lord's out for an extended period of time. So I thought that was a, an important addition. Um, 
and honestly, I said it in the last podcast here, that's arguably the biggest trade line acquisition that Brad made this year because of oh, the injury sure. now. So, you know, just, sure. just think about this. Imagine having Time Lord go down and having to rely on Ennis Freedom or Cornette <laughs> for serious minutes. That's that's tough. It's tough. Hey, I'm just waiting for the Cornet era to finally slide into Boston, man. I'm just waiting for a Cornet good twenty minutes. <laughs> I, but think actually you, speaking I think you of, might be waiting a little bit on that one. <laughs> yeah, but actually speaking on that, uh, because I was actually surprised, of course, you know, in today's NBA at least, it's not a surprise to see eight guys on the court during a game getting some type of time. But I was really surprised not to see Naismith out there. I was really surprised not to see, you know, any of the other guys that we saw in that Toronto game the other day because they had a lot of minutes, and I thought they were doing pretty well. I mean, as I said before, Naismith, I, I was expecting him to come in and out to at least play the three or something to give, you know, Tatum a little bit of a breather, or Brown a little bit of a breather here and there, you know. So I was kind of curious on that as well. Payne Pritchard almost getting 20 minutes of play, only three points, though. Yeah, and and I want to talk to you about that in the second half here because I thought he passed up a lot of shots, but we're going to leave that to the negative part of today. Before we dive into that, are there any other positives that you can take from today? Like, really? I thought, like, some players played well. We ended up with 27 assists, which I thought is it's solid, kind of disappeared late. But any other positives out of this game from you? Well, the only positive that I can really bring out from this game is just that the Boston Celtics, even without their best big, can still compete against these teams. Because there's, no there's no doubt in my mind that Miami will be a threat sometime in the playoffs. I don't know if the Celtics will be able to see them sometime in the playoffs. You know, We'll just have to wait till the end of this year when the seeding finally uh, you know, withers out to what it is. But yeah. I mean, Jimmy Butler tonight from the Miami side, he played about 36 minutes. Lowry, 35 minutes. Bam, 33. Struess, Max Struess, 30. Like, they had guys out there from really their entire rotation give you a lot of time, 30-minute-plus games, and I don't think they're going to be able to do that through an entire seven-game series. But the fact that we were making work with Al Horford against Bam and Abayo, I mean, that's probably the only positive I can go from here. Yeah. That we were able to compete, and the Miami Heat were not trying to hold back on anything. And of course, you know, even though you know down the stretch this game does matter a lot with that first seed, but in reality, we still have the season over Miami with two to one because we blew them out twice. Yeah. So, so if you're a Celtic fan out there listening to this, you know, don't put your head down right now because remember we still blew them out twice earlier this year. Yeah, and I do want to talk about yeah the standings come the end of this as well because. Everything right now is just so jumbled up in the Eastern Conference. So we'll definitely dive into some of the standings. But I do want to take, I do want to talk about some of the negatives here. Before we talk negatives, I want to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. College basketball fans, join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can get $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still join the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. 
Everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. Simply join a pool and answer questions like, who will make it to the next round? And who will hit the most three-pointers? Then track your results. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 plus restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, guys, time for a new favorite sponsor alert, Venture Greens Nutrition. Venture Greens Nutrition is changing the nutrition game forever. They offer one-on-one coaching where they build macro-based diets to get you moving in the right direction. As great as the coaching is, what I love most about Venture Green Nutrition is their line of CBD products. They have tinctures, salves, beard care, and gear. And the best part is, all Venture Green's Nutrition's products are formulated and manufactured in their own facilities in the United States. Check them out at VentureGreensNutrition.com. Use code CelticsTake15, that's CelticsTake15, for 15% off. You won't regret it. All right, so let's talk some negatives here. And, Brent, I'll kick this to you here, but I do want to mention this. We already brought it up briefly, right? Peyton Pritchard had a couple of shots tonight, or should have been shots tonight, that he just passed up. And they would have been good looks. Like you mentioned it, only one of three from the field tonight. But I thought he passed up a good three, four shots that he could have taken. Uh, that, to me, is an issue. Like, he's been on a stretch where he's shooting, like, God near, God near like, 70% from three. Like, he's yep. been shooting in an unreal clip. But tonight he was super timid. And that's frustrating to me. But I don't know. As far as like as far as other negatives go, one of the things that we saw tonight that we obviously haven't seen in a long time, just because of Time Lord being there playing that like free safety, we saw both Daniel Tice and Al Horford kind of drop in coverage, and that frankly screwed the team. You can't really drop and then give Bam that open mid-range or give Lowry an open mid-range on a on a pick and roll it happened 10 times tonight like what do you think as far as the defense goes do you think that's going to be something that's sustainable if this is the way they're going to play well I mean for me firmly I believe that the defense will readjust itself probably in the next couple of days but I mean as you said before with the pick and rolls and Lowry there was a lot of times where Lowry just goes out to the wing and shoots a three Lowry shot 12 threes tonight. He made 50% of them, so he made six. Yeah, it's a lot. But to give it an idea, he shot 16 shots overall in the game. 16 of them. Four of the shots he shot tonight were below the perimeter. Yeah. That's ridiculous. It is, it so is crazy. We, so from the low points I'm really going to point out is the fact that the defense needs to guard at the perimeter. They weren't able to do that today, especially for some reason against Max Struess. And then as well making shots on the perimeter. I mean, Jason Tatum, JT was off from three. Didn't make a single three tonight. Over five, yep. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, 0 for 5 for Tatum, 0 for 3 for Grant, 0 for 2 for Al Horford. I mean, that's 0 for 10 from three of your five starters. It's horrible. It's tough to win games like that. 
Yeah, and the worst part about it, the Celtics' leading franchise in threes was three and ten tonight. Yeah, so that part's tough. That's yeah, that one's real tough for Marcus Smart. Plus, Marcus Smart, his decision making in the last four minutes, I mean, that deserves a segment in his own. I have, I have no idea. I mean, he's a huge contributor to the team, but he's also a huge contributor to that turnovers rate that we had today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Smart and Tatum tonight, ten total or ten combined turnovers between the two of them. Like it's it's just not a good look. Those are the guys that have the ball in their hands more than anybody else. To have them turn it over ten times, again, it puts the Celtics behind the eight ball. And Miami capitalized on it. I mean, you see it. You see it in the stats too. And honestly, you got to give credit to Miami too. They they took advantage of the turnovers. They had eighteen oh, points off of our eighteen turnovers. So, listen, it happens. You're going to have games like that. You can't do it against good teams like Miami. And the frustrating part is that this is this is two straight games, right? Same case, obviously, with Toronto. You would think, and I talked about it on this podcast, I really attributed a lot of the turnovers in the game against Toronto due to the fact that we were down four starters, Tonight, we basically had our starters. Obviously, no time lord, but it's not like he's handling the ball or turning the ball over much anyway when he's playing. So this is basically all of your normal ball handlers, and we still turn the ball over a million times. That's an issue. It's a huge issue. No, no, for sure. Not even that. This is basically our lineup going into the playoffs, Correct. if you're really looking in perspective for the first round, at least. I mean... I mean, you have to admit, as you said before, give credit to Miami. They're also a good, gritty defensive team. They really stride themselves for a culture, which they call it down there in South Florida. But, I mean, it's really unexcusable, though, especially some of the turnovers that we saw. I mean, it was ridiculous passes. There was one pass where I think it was White going down the baseline, and Marcus is trying to thread the needle between Bam and Tucker. I mean, there's no way you're going to even even get a chance at that. I don't even know what the percentage would be. It would probably be below negative. All right, well, I mean, pass. listen, Marcus Smart did thread the needle twice today between two defenders, <laughs> one to Horford for the and one, and one to Tice. So I'm not going to say there's a, a negative chance of it happening because it did happen twice tonight, but it is. It's a tough, it's a tough pass to make. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not, say, I'm not giving anything away because Marcus, you know, I mean, he's like a globetrotter out there with some of the passes and move he make. I mean, it's pretty phenomenal. But at the same time, when it doesn't happen, you know, that's when everyone on Twitter is going to go at him. So, Correct. So, I mean, I, I mean, I'm just saying the ones that we saw in the last couple of minutes in the game, very, very questionable, especially in a close game like it was. I mean, it was a close game throughout this entire first quarter, third quarter, second quarter. And then the fourth quarter, we just got outscored by double digits. And yeah. the main reason is that is just because we couldn't buy a basket in those turnovers. But but Marcus, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like in those like down-the-stretch type of games, he just has to make more smart passes. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly there. But, I mean, listen, when you look at the last three months, right, or even four months for this matter, the Celtics have been on an absolute tear. What got them there is strong defense and ball movement all the way through. The entire winning streak was basically predicated on those two things. What we saw tonight, the defense changed. It wasn't a switch all. It was switch basically one through four. The big dropped. That's a different defense. It didn't work today. 
right? Ball movement didn't work. In the fourth quarter, it didn't work. Like, you look, obviously, we had 27 assists on 35 makes, which, if you just look at those numbers, is fantastic. But there were a lot of times tonight where the Celtics tried to go ISO, and we didn't get field goals out of it because the ball didn't go in the hoop. And that's really where this boils down to. Like, you saw the Celtics really abandon the game plan from the last three months, and that's the part that frustrates me, but that's also the part that really scares me as we're winding down here. But Yeah, I mean, because for me personally, though, for the Celtic team, I'm just hoping that it's not just the Robert injury that's got everyone on a psychological type of down lapse right now because that's literally what we don't need going down in these last two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a crucial two weeks because of how tight the standings are. And that's where that's where I want to dive in, right? So with tonight's loss, Miami is now 49-28. and 28. They are the clear number one seed in the Eastern Conference. There's no tie, nothing. Miami, number one. Then you've got Miami, Milwaukee one game behind, Philly and Boston – both two games behind, but we've played two extra games than Philly, so they potentially can make up some there. And then, not too far behind, you've got Chicago and Toronto, four and a half games back, both of them, for the five and the six. And then, of course, you've got the crazy friggin' plan situation. Like, this is as tight as it gets. One through eight, or one through six, separated by four and a half games. Like, that's crazy to think of. But I want to hear your thoughts. So as of right now, if the, the standings froze today, Celtics would be playing Chicago. Do you like the matchup or no? Well, I do like the matchup. However, if we're going to play them in the first round without Rob, I feel like a Vucevic would take over the paint in that series. I don't feel like, not saying Al can't guard that or anything like that, but we've seen times where Vucevic is literally unstoppable from any part of the court just because the way that they use him, pick and pot, or even him going one-on-one in the post. I still like Boston that series because I honestly do not – I'm not a believer in the Zach Levine or the Rosen type of duo. They do have a good bench in Chicago, but I feel that our defense overall, even if we've played the starters for more than 30 minutes apiece, would still be efficient. So I do like Boston that series. However, I would love to see if it does – somehow make it to the final stretch of games that Cleveland gets on a winning streak and we had to face Cleveland. Because Chicago, I'm not saying I wouldn't want to face them. I know we'll win that first-round series, but I wouldn't want to have them as a first-round series, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I mean, in an ideal world, then, where do the Celtics land? Well, right now, I'm actually projecting them as third right now, ending off this year. I think that the Celtics kind of are kind of shaky with these last two games, but they're still competitive. I mean, we're talking about games that were lost by, you know, one or two to three possession differences. So I don't feel like the Celtics are in a bad slump. I just feel like they're competitive and they're just not ending it right. So I feel like they'll take over Philadelphia because Philadelphia does have a hard schedule ahead of them. Plus they're playing kind of like 50-50 some nights. Like the other night they, when I watched the Milwaukee versus 76ers game, real close down the stretch. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, they one. just couldn't finish at the end. Yeah. So I don't, I don't put much stock in the whole James Harden, Joel Embiid thing. I don't, I don't think that Philly is gonna do much in the playoffs. I really don't. 
And I know I'm probably in the minority there. I just don't. I don't have a lot of faith in those guys. So it is what it is. I would rather face them than than face Milwaukee. I don't think I'm alone in that, but I think Milwaukee is still the favorite. No, there's no doubt that you're not alone. I feel like personally, Milwaukee is the only person I wouldn't want to see in the playoffs. Yeah, the only team. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you. That's that's. I I feel like that's gotta be the popular thinking. I I don't know. For me, Philly is just not scary. It's really not. Like, it's obviously a little bit more frightening when you don't have Rob, but that's not going to be a first-round matchup. So, hopefully, we don't have to witness it. You know, God forbid. Hopefully, we go through everything and somehow we see the heat in the second round. Yeah, yeah. I would love to see Miami again. Oh, my goodness. Plus, if Rob comes back in the second round early, incredible. It would be incredible. But, Brent, I want to kick this back to you here. So, listen, the Courtside Podcast, newer podcast for you. What's it all about? What are you talking about on there? So the Corpside podcast itself is an NBA podcast. I basically do about two episodes per week going around the current situations and the dilemmas and the standings and what's going on back and forth in some of the games that you missed for the past week. I kind of sum it up right there. So basically it's an NBA podcast hosted by me, Brand Hernandez, that you can find on Spotify or on the RSS.com. Now specifically, there is a lot of people with that same name courtside podcast i know it's a famous name so if you look up courtside podcast brandon you might see it and for those real celtic fans it has red and bill russell in the picture of the podcast so if you want we're coming up with a new episode on friday which i'll be going into not only the game today but as well as the other games that we have seen on the heavyweight matchups and if you are interested on knowing more about the podcast Go look at our first episode. We actually posted it on Monday, and I go into depth on the teams on the rise and the teams on the fall, and as well with whatever happened at the Oscars. I'm still kind of shocked on if it was real or not, to be honest <laughs> with you. But but that's kind of the, the range of the podcast. NBA, but I might slide in a little bit here and there, real-life stuff. I love that. love that. And for all of you Celtics fans out there listening to this, definitely go check it out. I listened to his first episode. The guy knows his stuff. So definitely check that out. Again, the Courtside Podcast with Brandon Hernandez. Brandon, I appreciate you hopping on the pod, my man. Of course, of course, anytime. Absolutely. All right, guys, if you haven't done so already, make sure to follow me on Twitter at NBA Celtics Guy. Make sure to rate and review the podcast, five-star written review. Everything helps. Have a good night, Celtics fans. We will talk soon. I can't help it, I'm all like a Celtic. I can't help it, nah, I can't help it, nah, I can't help it, I'm all like a Celtic. I can't help it, I'm all like a Celtic.